0: Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program.
1: Welcome to Discerning the Times. My name is Brian Thomas. Such a blessing to be with you as always, alongside co-host Dr. Bruce Logan, and we are excited today to welcome back our great friend Todd Hampson for part two of our discussion on his recent book, The Nonprofits Guide to the Book of Daniel. So we will bring them in shortly. But before we do, I want to remind you that your eternal state is far more important than your current state. If you have never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do so today. I plead with you to do so today because, folks, as we look around in the world today, It should be obvious that there are things that are happening that lets us know we're on the verge of what I believe and what many believe is the appearance of our great Lord and Messiah. But whether he's appearing to us soon to the earth physically or whether uh, it's going to be later on down the road. Either way, we have to leave this earth either through way of the rapture or through natural death. So if you have never received him, you are going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. So please come to Jesus Christ on today. All right, folks. Well, thanks again for tuning in with us again. We're welcoming back Todd Hampson, who is a speaker, illustrator, animation producer, and the best-selling author of the non profits Guide book series. He is also the co-host of the Prophecy Pros podcast alongside Jeff Kinley, a great podcast that we highly recommend. And Todd's award-winning animation company, Tunes, has produced content for many well-known ministry organizations. He and his wife are the proud parents of three grown children and make their home in Georgia. So Todd, I want to welcome you back. And and I need to add that you are the most prolific author out there that I know of, because it seems like I close my eyes and go to bed. And when I wake up the next morning, you have another book rolling out. So keep (laughs) up the great work. And uh, thank you for joining us. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Thanks, man. It's a blessing. Definitely a labor of love, man. I I, I I was telling somebody today I'm blown away that I get to do this and I get to go to heaven, too. I, it's just unfair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. Well, I tell you, Todd, I, I look forward to the day when we stand before Christ and he starts handing out rewards. And when he calls your name, oh, man, because you are doing mm-hmm. such great work and, and you're just going to have so many great rewards uh, waiting for you in eternity So I'm looking forward to that time So going to pull in my co-host Dr. Bruce Logan Doc always glad to have you uh, with us And and I know you're excited about the book of Daniel Because uh, it's something that we talk about Quite extensively Privately and on the podcast
0: I am extremely excited Once again to be able to talk with Todd uh, Who is absolutely one of my Favorite authors as As you stated And also I just want to throw this caveat in because you just mentioned that when Todd stands before the, uh, before God to receive his reward, and that and the thought just came to my mind, I would love to be like standing like bright directly behind Todd, you know. And, uh, and when that day comes, that that'd be great because hopefully that I will be able to like maybe uh, some of that residue, some of that blessing will come on me because standing because Todd is just is just such an amazing author. He's on the short list of my absolute uh, favorites, him and him and Jeff just yeah. they, they do just an incredible incredible job and just the way you write and I just wanted to say this is with the illustrations that it's my absolute favorite uh, uh, way to study uh, to way to write the way to present because it, you write in such a way that if you're if you're a beginner I mean it it can be plain and simple but even if you're a seasoned vet In studying prophecy, you can also gain things from. And I just, I just, I'm just, I can't even come up with the words. I'm just so excited to be able to, you know, have you on once again.
2: Mm, Well, thank you so much. And likewise, brothers, I I know you guys do some amazing ministry work, and I'm privileged to know you guys. And uh, yeah, we, I'll, I, the one good thing about the Bema seat is, we get to lay those crowns at Jesus's feet. So Amen. Amen. whatever, whatever we get, the glory is going to be that we can give it to the Lord. And man, can you imagine that moment where we're going to see our savior face to face and whatever we have, we'll be able to give to him, to honor him. What a time that'll be. Oh, it's wow. going to be an awesome moment.
1: Absolutely. And and Todd, how about, you know, all of this, this uh, praise coming to you from a, Ohio State Buckeyes football fan. Uh, that, yeah. that says I'm a lot a dog guy, man.
2: All three of my kids went to went to UGA, so I'm, you know, dogs fan for life, I guess. So uh, so yeah, that goes oh, okay. to show you that Brothers in Christ can overlook all kinds of offenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. We we'll, we'll
0: have to pray for each other on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs>
1: all right. Well, uh, I'll toss it to uh, Doctor Logan. What question do you have for Todd to kick us off for this week?
0: Yeah. First of all, again, as I mentioned, I, I just love your book, and I just love your writing and your writing style. Just to reiterate, and that's, and, I, and I'm not just saying that just because I have you on. I've said that to Brian off air. And mm-hmm. uh, you, you're just amazing. I actually have a copy of your book. here, like right in front of me. And uh, as soon as I hear that you got a new book out, I'm, I'm like going to my Amazon app like immediately. Oh man, praise <laughs> so, the Lord. I'm humbled. Yeah, so, uh, awesome. but, but your book is described, uh, the, your recent book is described as a non-threatening and easy to understand. And how do you take these deep theological concepts and make them so accessible so that everyone, whether you're a beginner or a scholar, can really kind of grasp and get something from.
2: Yeah, you bet. It's, you know, it, it's, it's definitely intentional. I mean, we definitely live in a post-Christian culture. Um, I, I grew up unchurched, and one of the things that kind of initially um, kind of broke through and made me consider the claims of Christ because I believed the, I thought the Bible was a book of fairy tales. I thought uh, we evolved from monkeys. I mean whole nine yards. I, I just thought there was no God. but the one thing I couldn't shake that when, when it was shown to me was fulfilled Bible prophecy. So I have a heart for the seeker, I have the heart and, and I mean the real seeker, not somebody who's just a doubter, but somebody who's like, I really w- just want to know what truth is. So I I write books with with those people in mind. And also, just to be honest, I I like deep theology, but I don't like the super heady language or the super academic uh, aspect of it. Like those books are just hard for me. If it takes you 10 minutes to get through a paragraph, that's just too dense and too (laughs) complex, you know. So I try to write in a conversational way that the everyday person like myself can get. So I, I, to be honest, I just write books that I would want to see the visual side and how I'd want to see them written so that I could understand it. And as it turns out, uh, a lot of other people like that format as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey hey man, it's it's an amazing format. I mean, I just, I, I, I I don't believe that you can do a better format because you, you would, you uh, attract the eyes and the ears, you know, at the same time. And I just mm-hmm. think that's a, the best way to learn. And I, and really, if you think about it, that's actually how Jesus taught. When he taught parables, for example, he used mm-hmm. examples it, visually that everybody could relate to, you know, at, 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 in this entire audience, they kind of, when he would talk about, you know, a fisherman or a husbandman, yeah. they, it, those were analogies they could visualize and really understand and grasp the point that he was making. So there's, you know, being able to to use the eye gate and the ear gate at the same time, there's no better way to teach than that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's a great point you made about how Christ taught. I mean, he, he taught the deepest truths you can know in the simplest way possible. So uh, yeah, I guess he set the tone and set the stage for how we're supposed to do it. You know, Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. And, and Todd, to that point, your your illustrations and your graphics, it, it really brings the book of Daniel to life. Uh, your your book on revelation, spiritual warfare, I mean, them all you, you do such a great job with your illustrations. How do you believe this visual approach enhances the reader's connection to the scripture? And especially for young people, because I, I've stated this when we've had you on before. But my daughter, when when you had your first book to come out, my daughter was seven years old. And I had your book in my car because I would keep it there when I would go out on my job. And during lunch break, I would pull it out and, and read it during during lunch. And so whenever we would go somewhere, my, my daughter, she would immediately, the first time she saw your book, she was drawn right to it and she would pick it up and read it. And every time we would go out, she'd pick up that book and read it. And it, it's just amazing to me when I look at, here's a seven-year-old, seven-year-old reading about prophecies and revelation and, mm. and things that a lot of adults won't even touch. So um, how, how, how do you explain your, your visual approach and the graphics and, and how you're bringing in that younger audience?
2: Yeah, I think more people are visual learners than, than people might realize. And um, also, you know, we live in a, in a digital generation where people are obviously looking at social media and all that stuff all the time and where attention spans are pretty short. I mean, if you watch somebody swipe through an Instagram feed or whatever, you have a couple seconds to grab their attention. So so some of it was that aspect. I wanted to grab people's attention. Uh, and some of it is honestly just I never knew I would be using my – I'm an illustrator and animation producer by trade. I never realized God could use that the way He is, or that He would use that. So the the fact that I was a trained illustrator when I pitched the book concept to my publisher, they they liked it and they knew I could kind of pull it off. So they they allowed me to do this concept. You know, it's a, it's a amazing partnership. Um, not everybody gets to do books that are that have full color illustrations in them. I mean, it, it's more expensive than your typical you know, black and white text only book. So I'm honored to be able to do this, uh, but it's a partnership. And, and it's really just, I think the fact that people are visual learners and especially the charts, I, I work really hard at making the charts simple and easy to understand, but still get the main part of the content across in a quick visual glance. Um, so I spent quite a, quite a bit of time making those accessible, as well, So I think it, it helps people learn the content a little bit better um, and they can bounce back and forth. A lot of people are just drawn in by the art. And then the next thing they know, all right, well, let me read this page. Right, well, let me read this chapter. And then before you know it, they've read the whole book. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, uh, a little bit of a, a fisherman's game as well. So. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. Yep. And to that point, our, our mutual friend, Dr. David Reagan, who who has just blazed the trail for so many of us in the the area of teaching Bible prophecy. But one of the things yeah. when I, I last spoke with him, he was telling me, he said, Brian, you may be noticing my, my books are getting shorter in length. He said, because people's attention spans now are so much shorter. It's hard to get people to mm-hmm. sit and read something uh, of any considerable amount of length. And so you know he's made adjustments for that same thing but as you said we are in that, that era now where information is everywhere and, and just trying to get people to mm-hmm. to sit still for a while and look at something is is more and more of a challenge but but as you said your your books do such a great job because those illustrations really draw people in so so yeah that's that's mm-hmm. definitely great
0: Well, I just want to say too is just along that same line. The way you write, and and again, I don't I don't want to sound like a broken record or or be overly redundant, but it's just I I just love so much the way you write in your illustrations because to be honest, I've personally been a lover of the Book of Daniel, you know, since my early days in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And but every time I really read your book. I just I feel like I'm just like starting reading it again from from the beginning and just learning all over again because it's just mm. intriguing me to that extent being able to see your illustrations and reading this the content and I just it's just such an awesome way to learn and I'm and I've always been a visual learner anyway. So maybe I'm biased in that respect, but I noticed that <laughs> mm-hmm. it's uh uh, a lot of success is, comes from when you use that style of writing. But I want to just mm, ask, too, thanks, um, you mentioned uh, you talk about this ridiculously, quote, unquote, the ridiculously lovable nonprofit. How does this character guide readers through the book of Daniel? And what makes him so endearing to your audience?
2: <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, it, that's a good question, because maybe some people haven't heard of this Nonprofits Guide series before, and are wondering why it's even called that. But yeah. the nonprofit it's it's non-p-r-o-p-h-e-t. So he's he thinks he's a prophet. He looks like a prophet, but he gets prophecy wrong, uh, and he's a terrible businessman. So he's a nonprofit <laughs> in that respect as well. But he he's a he's just a character that I came up with. Uh, again, again, God just kind of merged my animation and and writing worlds. In animation, you develop characters and you develop concepts. So the concept here is he's a he looks like a prophet, but he's really he's really the, the guy that gets it all wrong. So whatever he does, you do the opposite kind of thing. Uh, but he's a likable guy. He's not malicious or anything like that. He's just kind of um, just doesn't understand prophecy or how to how to run a business. So there's little comic strips throughout the book and little little vignettes that are that are comical uh, spot illustrations of him. Saying certain things. Uh, there's even a kids' book we did where he has a, uh, the nonprofit has a, a pet frog named Plague, and Plague actually understands prophecy better than the nonprofit does. Um, so he's really just a tool to disarm the topic and to let people know, hey, it's okay to laugh. I mean, in, in all my books, I even poke fun at Christian culture in certain ways, <laughs> um, just to just to let people know we're we're real people. We see it. Uh, we can laugh a little bit, even if it's a, it's a deep theological topic, we can have some fun with it. So, um, you know, God, I believe Jesus, when he was hanging out with his disciples, I believe he laughed a lot. I believe he made them laugh a lot. Uh, some of the parables he used were even so extreme, you know, a, 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 the camel going through the eye of a needle, stuff like that. I mean, these are kind of comical things if you think about it. So I think it's okay to use some comedy and some some lightheartedness in, in a heady topic and again that just disarms it for more people to engage with the content and that's the whole goal amen, wow. amen.
0: that's excellent that's excellent and i just think too that that just relates to the the culture and the audience that we uh, or where we're at in our in our current culture That just so relatable and that just another reason why you know you're you're at the top of my list for christian authors because i just mm. think that's just so amazing
1: Wow. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And and I love the fact, Todd, that you you speak about us laughing and having joy. Um, I I do know sometimes people, they seem as though when you're in a a worship service that you're not supposed to have fun. It's not supposed to be joyful. And and one (laughs) of the things that, that jumped out at me is... I remember when I went to my first couple of Bible prophecy conferences and we know that a lot of the stigma that surrounds those of us who teach Bible prophecy as well is all doom and gloom. And, and people think all that we're doing mm-hmm. is talking and thinking about all the bad things that are going to happen. But when I went yeah. to this prophecy conference, you want to talk about the most joyous atmosphere. I mean, everybody there was just smiling and having fellowship. And total strangers, people I never met, and they're walking up hugging and and we're just laughing and having a great time. And the joy is because for one, we know that Christ is coming back for us and, and we're going to be with mm-hmm. him in eternity. And I, I just love the idea that, as you said, we're supposed to have joy. We're supposed to laugh and have fun. So for, for those of you out there, if you think that, well, when, when we, when it comes time to God that we're supposed to just be all serious and never smile or laugh. And I, I think you in for a surprise because I truly believe in eternity. I think we're going to have permanent smiles on our faces. Uh, I really believe the joy in our hearts is just going to be just something that we can't even measure with, with the life that we're in on this side. Mm,
2: amen. Well put, man. I agree hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to say too, just on, on along that line,
0: that a lot of Christians who never study Bible prophecy, who don't understand really what the Bible says about what the future entails, you know, there's this concept that, like, eternity is going to be this long, perpetual, forever and forever church service.
2: Mm -hmm. And to be be honest, that don't really sound all that fun. (laughs) Mm -mm. No, it doesn't. Or they think you're going to be a fat baby playing harps (laughs) on a cloud for eternity. (laughs) Exactly. That doesn't sound fun either. No, I think it's going to blow... You know, one of the reasons its a different topic, but when we're raptured, we get a glorified spiritual body. One of the reasons is because we have to have a body fit for heaven. Mm -hmm. If we went to heaven right now, we could not handle the sounds, the emotions, the sights. We would explode on impact. So Mm -hmm. we have to get a new body upgrade just to handle the beauty and the majesty of heaven, man. I can't wait. Mm. Amen.
0: I've used the example before that, you know, we would have to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye because otherwise, our human bodies wouldn't be able to withstand the (laughs) G-forces. Yes. Amen. That's right.
2: 100%.
1: (laughs) So, you know, we have all this joy and I'm, and I'm glad we're speaking about this joy that we have to look forward to because for the believer, you know, and that's why I begin our podcast off by stating if you've never received Christ as savior to, to do so, because otherwise you're not going to have that joy for eternity. So it's so important But before we get to that ultimate eternal joy, we still have to deal with some of the mess that is happening right here on earth and in our society. Mm -hmm. But to your point, Todd, we can still have the joy even in the midst of it. So talk to us about, if you will, the fact that Daniel, we, we tend to look uh, at the prophecy a a lot for those of us as, as prophecy teachers, but there are things in the, the book of Daniel that actually talks about how to, to deal with living boldly within a culture that, that does not value God. Uh, what practical applications will, will readers take away from from dealing with the pressures when we look in our lives today and we're in a society in which people actually get angry with you and, and counsel you? If you simply say that a man cannot change himself into a woman or vice versa and and people that are just die hard about uh, what they perceive as a right to take the life of an unborn child. We just see culture going more and more away from God. What does this book share with us as as believers in Christ? How to deal with that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And you know we we need to be aware of uh, Dan- the background of Daniel to, to really appreciate the stands that they took. All the other prophets, well, not all of them. There's some post-exilic prophets, but many of them were were before the exile. They were warning Israel and Judah to turn back to God so they wouldn't be taken captive. And then the Northern Kingdom was attacked by assyria and then daniel the southern kingdom of judah was attacked by babylon and there was three waves of captives that were taken out of their homeland into a pagan land so we're seeing our land kind of become pagan around us daniel and his friends were literally taken to a pagan land and indoctrinated i mean they even changed their names you know they tried to change daniel's name to a pagan name and his three friends name to a pagan name But here's the thing, Daniel, you find him in Daniel chapter one, he and his friends pre-decided what standards they were going to follow and what stands they were going to take. So you see this test right out of the gate in chapter one where they they didn't want to eat the food that had been sacrificed to idols or that weren't prepared in a kosher way. You know, Daniel was Jewish living according to the law and that kind of thing. So he took a stand and, and he did it very whimsically. He didn't stand up and be a jerk about it he just simply stated his case and asked if they could eat vegetables instead of the meat that was sacrificed and God blessed them for it. Then as you move through the narrative, I won't go through each of them, but people are familiar with the the fiery furnace. And then later the lion's den over and over again, Daniel and his friends took a stand that was against the culture. They didn't bow to the the statue that the, the entire rest of the culture bowed to because it was not honoring to God. So First of all, I think it encourages us to pre-decide what we're going to live for, what our priorities and what our standards are going to be. Then it encourages us to have the courage to stand, even if nobody else is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows you that, again, God's sovereignty shines through. Daniel, you know, I've heard it said Daniel wasn't in the lion's den. The lions were in Daniel's den because, <laughs> because God, Daniel had God on his side. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, we need to be like Job where we say Even if he kills me, I'm still going to trust him. But we also need to expect God to show up and protect us and honor our commitments to him, but ultimately leaving the results to him. Just like Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. But we need to stand, we need to speak the truth and love in this culture today. I mean, now more than ever, we need to understand the practical application of the book of Daniel as well as the prophecies of Daniel. I think the book of Daniel, for both of those reasons, is more relevant now than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I was just reading earlier today um, a case in which a woman for trying to remember which sport it was. um, I can't remember. I think it was one of the billiard sports, but she she walked out of a tournament because they were trying to have a man compete against her. And she said, no, Mm -hmm. she's not going to do it because she said he has an, an unfair advantage. But, you know, this man claims to be a woman. And so we need people who are bold in that way to to stand up against and and as you said, Todd, not not bow mm-hmm. to things just like Daniel and, and his friends did uh, back during that time in in pagan Babylon. So Todd, share with yeah. us as we wrap things up, how can the listeners get a copy of this book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Daniel?
2: You bet. They could go to Toddhampson.com and there's links to a bunch of the main places that the books are sold. Uh, But they're pretty much anywhere online where you can buy books. You should be able to to get a copy of one. So They can pretty much find it anywhere.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for for joining us these past two weeks it has been such a blessing. And I would like for you, if you will, Todd, to to close us out, if you would be willing to pray for the nation of Israel, for the Jews, uh, for the people that are going through this conflict that is happening over there right now. If you would pray for those people before you do that, though, Doc, do you have any final words to Todd before we close out for this week?
0: No, I would just like to say I, I thoroughly enjoyed our two weeks uh, with Todd, and, and I just love uh, your ministry and everything that you do. And hopefully, maybe when you reschedule that trip to Israel, I might can be able to be on board with that. Yes, yeah, uh, that'd be you awesome. Because ho- hopefully it will happen, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, or at mm-hmm. some point in the future, everything will settle down in, in such a way that we can make that happen. So yeah. I would I would definitely look forward to that.
2: Awesome. Yeah, we'll let you know. And it's, yeah, it's weird now. We're, we're kind of just leave it in the Lord's hands and see what happens. But that, that's the, the beauty of living the Christian life is every day is an adventure. But you know that you're following the right, the right one who has the right path and you have nothing to worry about. And it's an exciting ride. So
1: we'll, we'll join them in that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. You know. All right. Well, thank you, Todd. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And, and Todd, if you will, close us out with a prayer for Israel. You bet.
2: Oh, Lord, we just come to you right now. God, as we record this, um, there's still hostages being held. There's still anti-Semitism rising all around the world. That's just demonic in nature, Lord. We pray against the enemy. We pray for righteousness to prevail. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the protection of those hostages, the protection of the soldiers, and, of course, the protection of innocent lives on both sides, Lord. we just I'm thankful for how careful... Uh, Israel's being in terms of doing what they got to do, but also trying to uh, minimize the loss of life on the other side, even though they're their enemies, God. I pray that that'll continue, and I just pray you give them favor to to cause this to end quickly. Uh, Lord, we know that this has prophetic impl- implications as well, and that you're setting the stage for all the things that you have said are to come, including Ezekiel 38 and all the end-time events with, that are going to happen in Israel. It's amazing, Lord, how All eyes are on Israel once again because it is the center of your prophetic activity, Lord. And as Brian just alluded to, Lord, I just pray for the peace and the safety and the protection uh, of Israel and that you watch over them, that you guard Israel, and that you provide for them in an amazing way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God.
1: Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.